0: Hello and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are listening today. This is a show where I talk about health and wellness, and I appreciate every single one of you listening and leaving ratings and reviews and messaging me and everything like that. It honestly means a lot and it goes a long way. I actually had somebody reach out recently who (laughs) said that My voice is very calming on my podcast, and they really enjoy listening to the tone of my voice. (laughs) And I was very surprised by that because that is, I don't think I've ever heard that before. So thank you for the compliment, I guess. And I'm glad that you enjoy it and it's not super annoying or anything like that. So I love getting feedback like that. I love seeing all of your podcast reviews. This podcast has been up and running since 2019. I took a break for a while, I think in, I don't know, 2020. And now I'm doing two episodes a week and it's a lot. So I really appreciate the support, whatever that looks like, when it's a share on Instagram stories, when it's a review a rating, anything like that. It means a lot. And I am a very small business. Like literally it is me and my podcast editor right now. Like as a contractor, and that's it. It won't always be like that. I'm hoping to bring on a virtual assistant soon and potentially someone to also help me bridge the gap between audio podcasts and video podcasts. I really want to be recording the video version of these and creating YouTube content. I am on YouTube. I actually just hit a thousand subscribers, which is not that much. But it is a lot when you don't actually post real YouTube videos. And yeah, so that's kind of like what I what I really want to do is bring on some more support so that I can grow and scale bigger and faster. Yeah. So today's episode is all about spermidine. I have been really interested in spermidine for quite a while now. And I really do love the people over at Spermidine Life. I got to meet them at the biohacking conference in June. That was awesome. I got to hang out with Bear and he is such a delight. And it's so interesting actually meeting people who you've been emailing for two years and then you get to hang out in person. It's like so completely different. And it was awesome just to really put the FaceTime in. It, It made a difference. So I love their company. I love you know everything that they stand for. And they're probably the biggest name, I would say, in the spermidine space. They've been around for a long time. They're all over the globe and they have multiple, multiple products. So spermidine is great for activating autophagy in the body, which is one of our cellular renewal processes. So this is something that really supports longevity like significantly and detoxing and cleansing and stuff like that because of its mechanisms on a cellular level. So we're going to dive all into that today. This is a great episode. And if you enter my giveaway, which I hope you do because you get to win free stuff, you actually win a bunch of these products. So they are giving you two boxes of their Spermidine Life Ultra Plus. So these are little packets actually that you add to water and it has a ton of Spermidine in it. Let's see how much is in it. It has, I'm looking at it right in front of me right now. It has, it's their Selvia weed germ extract, and it has 2150 milligrams. So over 2000 milligrams of Spermidine Per packet. So you get two boxes of that and you get two of their Spermidine Life Extra supplements. Each one has 60 caps in it, and that is 1,300 milligrams in each cap or, or supplement. So that is quite a lot. And I'm really excited for people to be able to try that because you're basically getting, I don't know, like what, four months? yeah, four months worth of spermidine. So that's a really great amount to be able to try it and see how it makes you feel, see if you notice any difference, anything like that. So definitely check that out. I really recommend it. I really recommend entering my giveaway. It's on my website. You put your name and your email in and that's it. Literally, that is all you do. If you want to have more entries, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it, like following Spermidine Life on Instagram or Subscribing to my podcast if you haven't already, or following certain people on TikTok and stuff like that. There's all these different ways. I really encourage you to get on that giveaway. Time has started to run out for it, and there's a lot of people entering. So go for it and definitely share it with your friends and family too, because we could all use a little more health and wellness in our life. Hey, enjoy this podcast episode. Thank you for listening, and I will catch you tomorrow for another one. Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are listening to this episode this week. This is a part of my birthday giveaway, which is coming up very soon, which includes a bunch of different products in the health, wellness, and biohacking space. So keep an eye out for that. Today, we are diving into spermidine, which is one of my go-to supplements. I take it every single day, and I take it from a company called Spermidine Life. I have Don Moxley on the show with me today from them. Don, welcome to the show.
1: I am excited to be here and thanks for the opportunity to be here with you and your tribe.
0: Yeah, awesome. So for people who don't know what spermidine is, how do you typically describe it?
1: So spermidine is a molecule that what we know now is in every cell of your body, men, women, plants, and animals. It's got a weird name because the guy that in, that invented the microscope his name was anton van Leeuwenhoek. um was obviously a bit of a freak because he had wound up with his semen looking at that and i don't know if he was trying to see if his swimmers looked like him or not but and i always think uh, what would have been like if we had given a microscope to a woman instead of a man but he noticed a crystalline structure in semen now Nothing was done with it, and it wasn't. It wasn't named for another two hundred years. The, some Dutch scientists named it spermidine because there's there's sperm and semen. This was something else. They called it spermidine. But it wasn't until the nineteen eighties that we really started to understand how it worked. And then we the, there was a Nobel Prize given in twenty sixteen to the Japanese researcher that described all the genetic all the genetic components of the autophagy pathway. With that, we really started to understand autophagy. We started to get a picture of, oh, here's where spermidine starts to fit in. And what we know is that where autophagy is a very health-giving process, we know that a lack of autophagy leads to disease. As we improve autophagy, we become healthier and more vibrant. Well, same thing happens with spermidine. As spermidine levels drop, autophagy levels drop. As spermidine levels go up, autophagy levels go up. So this is where it comes from. But again, it's a, it's a natural molecule that's in every cell of your body. Like I said, men, women's plants and animals.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's such an easy explanation to, you know, really go through it. And I think a lot of people are really interested in it because of its, you know, autophagy and cellular rejuvenation. So, how does it actually work on a cellular level to promote both of those things?
1: So, what we know is that as okay. So this is a this can be a complex answer, and I don't want to I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. But what we know is we used to refer to spermidine as a calorie restriction mimetic, meaning that it mimics fasting. But what we're starting to understand with some recent research is that it may actually be more important than that. That we have a study that's going to be coming out that if if you take a mouse and you fast it, you get autophagy. If you take a spermidine knockout mouse and you fast it, you get nothing. So spermidine is now becoming more than just a mimetic. It looks like it's an essential molecule in the autophagy pathway. And autophagy, a lot of times it's referred to as being turning autophagy on, turning autophagy off. I don't think that's not the best way to look at it. Autophagy is present at all times. The question is, is it upregulated or is it downregulated? How much autophagy is are we able to get with the, our behaviors and so forth? So what it looks like is that spermidine, and we're waiting for this paper to come out so I can give a full, and, I, and I've not seen the paper, I just know about it, that I think with the publication of this, we're going to get a deeper understanding of autophagy at a deep, low cellular level. And again, this is down, working down deep in the cell. It's not at an organ level. It's down in the cell, in the cytoplasm of the cell. And is that, does that kind of give you the answer or do I need to keep going?
0: No, no, no. It definitely does. I Some people love to go really deep into the science and I think there's... A time and place for that, but I think that was actually the perfect explanation and really helps us understand it. So, something that I am always curious about is how do you think that spermidine is different from other anti-aging supplements or longevity supplements on the market?
1: Well, it's different again from what we understand now. It's different from the standpoint that we know that it's an essential molecule. In the autophagy pathway, that we're again we're going to stop referring to it as a mimetic. So, other mimetics that we've heard from from time to time are like resveratrol that Doctor Sinclair talks about in his book, or metformin, or rapamycin, which all work in separate pathways. But it looks like spermidine is a molecule that works deeper. Where if spermidine is not present, it's I don't think it's out of the question to say that resveratrol won't be as effective. If spermidine's not present, metformin won't be as effective. So it's one of those foundational molecules deep in that pathway that's necessary for it to take place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you think there are certain symptoms that people can have if their spermidine levels are low or their autophagy is downregulated?
1: Man, I'll tell you what. I wish I wish we had a test like that now. We do, we do, we have, we have had some evidence that we expect to have by the end of the year that we may be able to develop some autophagy markers that we can measure. We don't have them as of yet. This is coming out of -of state-of-the-art research that's going on now. But what we know is that when someone starts taking spermidine from the, we know the five major benefits. We know there's an increase in autophagy. We know there's an improvement in immune regulation. We know there's an improvement in neural and neural performance. So there's a reduction of dementia. There's a reduction of Alzheimer's. Things like that. We know there's an improvement in cardiovascular benefits. But we also know that there's an upregulation of what's called epithelial stem cells. And your epithelial stem cells are the cells that become your skin, your hair, and your nails. So one of the things that w- that we hear from our customers is that when they three to five weeks after they start taking spermidine, they notice their fingernails start growing like crazy, and they see a change in their hair, and they'll see a change in their skin. So it's that epithelial stem cell change that is, is the real phenotypic marker that people notice.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I whenever I talk about it on social media, I get a lot of people who actually give me that feedback of like an increase in nails, maybe even eyelashes and yeah, hair as well. So I think it's cool to kind of see that happening.
1: Can I tell you a funny story?
0: Yeah, absolutely. My,
1: my younger brother used it and he says, you need to start to ship a razor with this because the hair on my back's growing so fast because, and I need a razor to clip it. So that's oh my oh, gosh. It. yeah. So
0: that's hilarious. Have you noticed any differences or benefits for yourself?
1: Yes, I do. I'll tell you I've had a from a personal now I have to be careful about what I say here because I am a representative of the company and but yes, I have definitely and I'll tell you that one of the exciting pieces, and we'll send you a link to this Brittany, the fatty liver paper that was published that what we see in mice that the spermidine supplementation reversed and resolved fatty liver non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in mice. And we did a study here in the States where we looked at spermidine supplementation with our six milligram product. And the six milligram product led to an improvement in in blood sugar levels. So we saw an improvement in A1C and in sugar. We saw an improvement in blood lipid levels, LDL, HDL, and triglycerides. And so, and these are all liver mitigated mechanisms. So this is one of the exciting parts. When you start to take a look at spermidine supplementation and its resolution of dementia, or at least the, the prevention of the development of dementia, some of the early Alzheimer's work that we see, and this has been one of the exciting parts. And then when you link it back to liver performance, and again, this role in fatty liver, someone, you know, we used to think fatty liver was a, was a product of too much uh, sucrose, too much, you know, high fructose corn syrup in the diet. And certainly that's, that's not a help. But if you don't have the enzymes there for the effective metabolism of a lot of these, these liver processes, you're going to develop this fatty liver. And, and I'm excited about the fact that the spermidine supplementation is helping in that area.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think that's so interesting. And I, as far as I know, spermidine is one of those things, like a lot of things. It, that decreases as you get older and so the yes. same with autophagy right it slowly starts to I guess downregulate as you said as you get older and that is why I think so many people are interested in it and in longevity in general like I, I don't know if you've noticed I'm sure you have but in the last year or two I feel like everybody's suddenly talking about longevity like hmm. There's so many books that have come out about it. So many books are talking about the different hallmarks of aging. And now there's like 9 or 11 or 13, and there's all these different ones. And so when we talk about that, it's actually really helpful to have something like experimenting that can actually help with those things and, you know, not just like read about it and then be like, okay, what do I do now?
1: Yeah, that's that it is a pretty exciting time. You're right. That paper, the nine hallmarks of aging, which has now been updated to 12, that was a landmark paper that give researchers some targets to focus on. And, and you know, what's interesting, we we know spermidine is available in the diet particularly, and it's necessary to get in your diet as you get older. But what we know is that with our highly industrialized food production systems, a lot of the micronutrients, and it looks like spermidine is probably one of those, gets washed out of this industrial production of food. So it's we've only been able to do our sperminine production using European wheat germ. We've not been able to do it in North America because of the intense industrial practices. European Union has different rules than the North American rules. So it, it makes sense that not only does it decline with age, but we live at a time when our food is so industrially produced That we're washing out a lot of these micronutrients and we're just starting to understand. I, I fully expect spermidine to be considered a vitamin at some point in time as an essential nutrient. And so, you know, as we learn about these things, just listen, we're a lot better off if we've got so much obesity in our society, part of which is from a lack of movement, part of which is from very poor food sources. Well, but if our livers aren't performing correctly and we're not able to metabolize the food that we're eating and it's leading to this fatty liver disease, well, isn't it great that we can finally figure out a vitamin and certainly spermidine fits in that category to help resolve that?
0: Yeah, no, you're completely right. And it's actually what I wanted to ask you as well is what type of lifestyle recommendations do you think go hand in hand with autophagy and spermidine? like? beyond maybe just walking every day, like, is there something that you've seen in the research that's like, oh, we should all be doing this?
1: Yeah, you know, Brittany, I think the research is pretty clear that first of all, if you have poor lifestyle, it's very difficult to just take a pill and fix it. And so we are evolutionary beings that, that we have a genetic profile that evolved over time And we evolved to change and adapt. That's what Homo sapiens do well. And so unless we're doing things to challenge that, I don't know if you've ever seen my talk where I talk about, you know, we live in aquariums now and we go from one aquarium to the next. And and this is a challenge. And so, yeah, I think that, listen, the behavioral things go back to stuff we've heard for a long time. Number one, you have to move. We are a being that was, that evolved to move. And we need to move a lot more than what we're doing. I mean, an hour a day of exercise will not make up for sitting on your ass eight hours a day. We, you've got to add more movement to your daily movement diet. And there's got to be a variety there. This whole concept of hunter-gatherer, gathering is a walking, long, slow, steady space. in for an exercise parlance, I'd call it zone two, zone three work. You've got to pick up heavy stuff every once in a while. You know, you've got to get into... And you've got to challenge your your system structurally. This is where lifting weights comes into play, but you, and there's other mechanisms that you can do to hack that. But those are two very important things that you've got to make sure you have in your your routine. You've got to have cal. You've got to have nutrient dense food. So not calorie dense, but nutrient dense. The phytonutrients, and this is where spermidine. And if you can't get the food naturally then you have to come up with a supplementation regimen to to get that. So nutrient-dense foods, the third pillar that I don't think you, I mean, when you start taking a look at disease and lifestyle and longevity, sleep is critical. We live in societies that have almost deprioritized sleep, that if you slept, you were considered weak. And it turns out that was just a ticket for illness and, and, again, disease. And then finally, I think the fourth element that you have to have in your life is purpose. You've got to have a reason to wake up every morning and go because so much of our society is, again, we have, we live in aquariums. We have low nutrient food or food like products available to us readily. And you know what? That's problematic. We live with a lot of very crappy, we have light can be nutritive. You know how you feel when you're out and you're in the sun and you feel good. It's nutritive. Well, we have so many sources of unnutritive light, the blue lights that come from our screens and so forth, and they're throwing our circadian rhythms off. You know, so much of this lifestyle is about reestablishing the natural rhythms that feed our genetics, so the, those are the places I go back to, is that you've got to move, you, you hack it with exercise, you need nutrient-dense food, you hack that with supplements and nutrients. You know what, if you can raise your own food, if you've got a big garden and you're raising your own food, you know, you're way down the road, you're doing pretty good. And I'm not sure there's there needs to be a ton of supplementation, but most of us don't have the ability to do that.
0: I mean, there's so much, and it's honestly overwhelming for a lot of people, but I agree with everything that you said. I think where people struggle is the motivation. What is, like for you, or for for maybe even what you've seen with people around you, what do you think motivates people to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to move every day today. I'm going to get enough water. I'm going to sleep. What is the factor that is pushing people to make these healthy decisions?
1: It has to come back to purpose, Brittany. That, and, and I believe this wholeheartedly. And, and what I, what I want people to do, if they're listening to this and they're struggling making the decisions, I want them to take a step back and look at the pictures that hang on their walls. Because this is how we define ourselves. And, you know, if they're not pictures and let's say they're heads of mooses and deer and elk. Okay. Let's say that's how you define yourself. But the, it's the purpose of living a long life and continuing to fill our walls with the images that we define ourselves by. For me, I have my walls full of family. You know, I, I turn 61 tomorrow. I am My wife and I have raised a wonderful daughter. She's now 25. She moved out of the house January 2nd a year ago. And my wife and I, we started what I call my third third of my life. You spend the first third of your life learning. You spend the second third of your life in service to others with work or raising family. But then when the family moves out, you start your third third. I think you told me you just got married. You're kind of moving into your second third right now. But I want to be the crazy, you know, I've had the opportunity to coach amazing athletes over the years. I've coached Olympic medalists and national champions and All-Americans and just, I've coached some amazing people. But my favorite coaching job ever was my daughter's eighth grade field hockey team. That was, I want to coach grandkids and great grandkids. My purpose is to be that crazy wrestler that's still teaching in 20 years when I'm 80. So this is, it's the purpose. It's those kinds of things that you got to wake up and say, okay, am I building a lifestyle around myself? that supports this. Am I building a lifestyle that gives me the ability to move enough on a daily basis? Am I doing these kinds of things? Am I building the practice in? Am I getting nutrient-dense food? Am I investing in that process? Am I get? Do I have a good sleep environment established? Am I getting light on my skin? And if it's not coming from natural light, then am I, am I getting from red light or things like that? But it goes back to purpose. You've got to have something to wake up and counteract the pressure of society with.
0: I honestly agree with everything that you said. And I think it's different for everybody. And I think that's the point, but it has to be bigger than yourself. And that's like, yeah, I guess that's where I come from when I look at it is like, what is my purpose and what is my why? And your why has to be so personal to you that it motivates you. It can't be this like generic. Oh, I just want to be healthy and live long. Okay. But like, Let's get more specific and like, why does that matter to you? And who's in your life that you want to live long for? And like, just kind of everything you said, like friends, family, all of that. So that's kind of what I have always thought. But I think it's so hard for people to stick to it day in and day out.
1: Well, let me, and- let me give you two things. So, so number one, most people, when they make the decision to exercise, it's usually body weight related, which is the worst goal in the world. It's we have failed at this forever. Now, no one takes a picture of their scale and puts it on Instagram. OK, no one takes a picture of their scale and frames it and puts it on the wall. The pictures on Instagram and the pictures on your wall, you know, listen, I love it when I walk into someone's home or I see a picture of where they did a 5K and they were proud enough that they took, they framed the picture, they framed the number and put it on the wall with the date of it. I think that's so cool or when you're on vacation, or when we're trying to get the most out of, like when I had my fitness facility, we called them trainable life events. What is the event, whether it's a wedding, or you know, a a concert coming up, or a vacation, or something that I want to be able to get the most out of? Well, getting the most out of it usually means being physically fit, so I can go do the things, and it might just be at the beach, but in the absence of physical fitness and health, you can't walk the beach. You know, it's being able to take full advantage of these, of these trainable life events and constantly putting those. Those are the goals that we do with, with when I'm working with someone. It's like, what event are you training for? And again, it can be a wedding. It can be a vacation. It can be a 5K. It could be the national championships. I don't care. But what is the event that, that we're putting a, a pin in the calendar and said, this is what we're working towards?
0: I love that. That's such a good idea. My husband actually was just talking to me about that saying like he might do his first Ironman or something like that next year because he literally just needs something that's like, okay, this is why I'm going to be training four times a week or whatever it is because I have this goal because right now he's kind of like, well, I don't know what I want to do and I don't know where my motivation is. But it's so different if you have like an actual tangible thing and time and day that you have to be somewhere to be able to perform at your best, you know, it, it helps a lot of people.
1: Talk, talk him into a little shorter distance than Ironman to start.
0: Oh, okay, like what? <laughs> I, I've had a lot
1: of clients that have come to me that they want to run a marathon. And I get I get the ability, but marathons are debilitating for most people. 95% of the people that set a goal to run a marathon never get to the start line because they break somewhere along the way. It's so work your way up and the Ironman is in that is in that marathon length and it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of conditioning, but set a series of steps. If your goal is to run a marathon, I'm not saying don't change the goal. What I'm saying is that you start with 5Ks, you go to 10Ks, you do half marathons. Get those numbers on your wall first. Don't try to step up to, to, to 26.2 miles as your first event. Build those up. And the same thing with your husband with triathlon, you know, do regular length, try and just get the reps in doing that and then work your way up to 104 miles on the bike and a marathon after that, because that's a very daunting event. And, and, and you truth be told for a novice. And I don't, and I, Brittany, I don't know your husband. I don't know how much of, I don't know how athletic he is, but preparing someone. That's not a that's not an exceptional cardiovascular athlete for a true Ironman. That could be a three year training cycle.
0: It takes yeah, time. Absolutely, yeah. He's he's very athletic, but he's just looking for like that purpose, kind of like you were saying. And the it's, event. it's just yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, if you're looking for that that trainable life event, it's so important.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because I find with myself it's like so different like my why or my motivation typically comes from a place of not wanting to repeat what i saw happen with my parents sure so both my parents have had different diseases and sicknesses and i see like the decisions that they have made every single day in their lifestyle the food that they eat and how they exercise. And my mom's really turned things around now, but for a while there, it wasn't great. And my dad has had different issues. And so ever since, I guess I was like a teenager seeing that, I've been like, okay, I don't want to end up like that. So what do I need to do now? So that in 50 years, 30 years, whatever it is, I'm actually in a much healthier point. So I don't know why that has always stuck with me as my why, but like, that seems to be like my biggest motivator.
1: Oh trust me, my father had a massive coronary in nineteen eighty six at the uh, and now he lived through it. I mean, he lived another twenty three years after that. but I am now five years older than he was when he had that heart attack. And there listen I, and then you you pile on top of that. my older I lost my older brother, my older brother passed away two years ago. And he wasn't. He was only sixty-two years old. COVID, COVID got him, but he had some other issues going on. But I watched my older brother become my father as he aged, and this—that's a huge motivation. I don't. And again, you know, when my mother, we lost my mother three years ago, and she had had cancer twice. She, my mom had a good run. She made it to eighty-five, and she was pretty sharp straight through. But you know what? She only got to see one of her grandkids get married. And she has six of them. So, you know, there's five of them that won't have the privilege of having her there. I don't want to be, I want to be there for my grandkids and my great grandkids. That's, you know, as after you raise your first one there, I want to be there for the next generations. And I want, and again, I want to be that crazy granddad that's physically active, that is challenging these kids. I'm not saying I can beat them, but I will challenge them. And that's kind of my why.
0: I love that. I think that's so important. And I can kind of relate, like, as we shift into talking about becoming parents soon, I actually saw this quote, it was going around Instagram for a while, and it goes like, a mother's fitness level has a direct relationship to the health (laughs) of her children. And I wrote it down, because I was like, how true is that? Like, I want to be that person who is healthy and fit so that I can have healthy and fit children. And if that's not a a motivator or a why, like, I don't know what is because that I already know I can feel that in me. That will be such a big thing in my life so that I can be a healthy example.
1: Totally agree. The, uh, and when, and we now know that there's epigenetic carryover, that the decisions you make will affect your children's. I mean, your kids aren't just getting the same DNA from you and your husband. They're getting the epigenetic behavioral changes as well. So yeah, your behaviors affect your kid's outcome. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I think, I think when you have these people around you like that, it creates a motivation and a why, but I can understand how people kind of get stuck and don't really, don't really get it. And it's also hard, like once you fall off the bandwagon to get back on, to get back into the gym and get back eating healthy, like that's the hardest part. It's like when you fall enough to get back, but once you're back into the routine and it's a habit again, you're so used to it, you know.
1: Keep the pictures on the wall. Keep the, keep those trainable life events up there. You know, throw those things out and reward yourself when you make a good decision. You know what? If your decision is to work out, let's say 15 times in a month, and you hit it, reward yourself. Okay, and go out and get that Louis Vuitton purse or whatever you need to do. You figure out what the what the reward is. But tie it to tie it to something that again ties to that that trainable life event that you're working towards. Reward those good behaviors, and that and it's not enough just say, "Hey, I did it for myself." No, reward yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I find that things that help me is like my phone background always has to be something motivating. There you go. Uh, in relation to health, because I look at my phone so much, so it constantly reminds me. And then also when I'm doing like right now, I'm doing five healthy habits every single day, kind of like a 75 hard type of thing. Um, I write them out. They're on my fridge. I write them out there in my bathroom. They're on sticky notes on my computer. So I'm constantly seeing it to remind myself to do it. And it's so front of mind. And that's what helps me the most is like these visual cues day in and day out to really help me get there.
1: Yeah. And you'll get your lifestyle. Listen, you throw a kid into the mix and, and it's it's like, Going into a blender, um, but um, and and trust me, it's it, you get you you come out of it. It's hard, you know. There's times when it's hard, but we intentionally do things on vacation. We build vacations around a lot of these behaviors that we're looking for. And you know, one of the good things, you know, there are as, as bad as social media can be. You get your social media tuned to where it's showing you you know, hikes in Colorado and British Columbia and Washington. And, you know, it's constantly reinforcing these kinds of concepts. And that's that's all good stuff. So that is, that is a benefit that I see coming out of those kinds of social media tools.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. It definitely inspires you, which I love. But yes, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about spermidine and also just like healthy motivation and how to stick to things. If people want to try spermidine, where can they do that and how can they connect with
1: you? So the best, if you want to try out spermidine, the best way to do it is to go to the website, www.spermidinelife, S-P-E-R-M-I-D-I-N-E-L-I-F-E, spermidinelife.us. That's where you go find that. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm on all the social channels. Probably the best social channel to connect with me through is either LinkedIn or Twitter. I respond to requests from both of those. My Instagram game is not very health and lifestyle related. It's more travel related and kind of where, but I, if you follow me on either LinkedIn or Twitter, if you have questions, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Now, if you send me an invitation that says, hey, you look like a nice person, I would like to network, I probably won't accept it. But if you give me a request that's based on something that you see or we've talked about, I connect with a lot of people through there. I and mean, that's the best way to kind of work through MySpace.
0: Sweet. I love that. I will put all of that in the show notes so everyone can find Spermidine and connect with you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And happy birthday tomorrow. I'm so excited for you.
1: My pleasure. And thank you very much. 61 trips around the sun.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.